one to Real Life, Real Equity with your host Justin and the lovely Keisha Brooks. Say hello everyone. Hey and welcome everybody. Our goal is to share with you real life examples of entrepreneurs who are winning in both life and business. As real estate investors, our mission is to model, educate, and inspire you to act by sharing easy to implement tools, ideas, and information to add more worth to your net worth, more cash to your cash flow, helping you achieve your goals in less time. And we'll do that right after this commercial break. Are you part of the club? The Real Equity Club is a group of like-minded individuals. The club's purpose is to help create more wealth for its members. The mission of the club, to help you increase your passive income and net worth. The club is completely free to you. When you join, you will receive the tools, providers, and ideas you need to create, grow, and maintain your wealth. So join the club now at realequityclub.com to gain access. Or send us an email to info at realequityclub.com. That's info at realequityclub.com equityclub.com. We want to see you succeed in business and in life. So go to the website at realequityclub.com and join now. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to Real Life Real Equity with your host, Justin Akisha Brooks. We are here today to talk about... Going from rock bottom to back on top. All right, going from rock bottom to back on top. So like she said, we're going to talk about you know what it, what it really means to go <laughs> to the bottom. Like all like, the way. Like all the way. <laughs> Some of the people in our lives know our stories. Mm-hmm. You know, Keisha and I, both separately and jointly. And I think it's very interesting to have a couple who has not only been able to see what success is like, but also to see what some of the failures are like. So we're mm-hmm. going to talk real talk today. Uh, we're going to take some time to really go through challenges, like real life challenges yes. how we solved for real life challenges uh, Keisha proposed this topic today yeah and uh, we were really struggling on how to give actionable tips so we started talking uh, and uh, we hit some stuff that we thought we should share mm-hmm. because I'm I don't know how we go from rock bottom to back on top but, but we started to kind of analyze those details because I mean, let's be honest, we, we might strike a chord, but you have to be able to dig into the root problem of things in order to get back on top and keep moving forward. All right. So you're going to hear us have a conversation that uh, will give you a little insight on how we think about things. Mm-hmm. And it won't be like the typical step by step by step kind of thing that we usually try to do. It'll be more hidden in the message. Yeah. So you have to think about this. You might have to play this one or two times, but you know we're going to talk freely about the things that we go through on a daily basis. Keisha and I have uh, went broke several times. I think we make ourselves feel better by saying <laughs> that the average millionaire has gone broke at least three times in their lifetime, and so we're at about three. Yeah. It makes us feel better to have gone through that. As Tony Robbins would say, uh, we don't go through it for ourselves. We go through it for someone else so they don't have to go through it. So we're hoping that by sharing our message of resilience, sharing our message of persistence coming from the bottom back to where we are, it helps somebody, you know, because yeah. it's not all perfect. No, it's not all glitz and glam. I mean, unicorns and rainbows. We talked about this, too. You know, you see a certain perspective on social media and you just never know what the story is behind That's right. the person. You so got to open about, that book. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the story behind the us. The us, yes. The us. So. <laughs> I mean, literally this morning, I was thinking about how we are increasing. We are going up, but we're on a consistent roller coaster. So, like, if you look at a graph 
and you see how our graph continues to go up, but you see those slight drops in the graph. That is our life. That yeah. is that's everyone's life. There's no perfect line going up. That's right. You know, there's no perfect line going down. Everybody is at this consistent growth spurt. It's just random spurts that right. is happening. Yeah. And if you look at the long term, it looks a lot better than it does on the short term. Because yes. And one day you may have the uh, quick up and down jolts mm-hmm. and then another day you have all up and then the other day you have all down so um i actually shared a f- infographic on facebook that describes the entrepreneurial journey and you'll see some of the things that i've posted and of course uh, if you find me there you probably find me on uh, the regular facebook where you could just request to be a friend yeah you know you asked if it was we felt like we were undervaluing ourselves okay so let's let's talk about this you said do you think we value ourselves? Right. Do I think that we valued ourselves or did we allow ourselves to be taken advantage of? And I think in some cases, we allowed ourselves to be taken advantage of real life. So, for example, we thought we were going to succeed with that project and it turned out to be a big failure. Yeah. This is real, real life. Yeah. Uh, we allowed ourselves to be taken advantage of, um, not because we were not smart. Right. I don't think it's that we're not smart. I think that sometimes we lack the confidence in our ability because of what people have told us in the past. Yeah. You know, everybody goes through encounters where they know what they know and they know that they know it, but then they get somebody who plants that little seed or pries that door open that says they don't really know what they're talking about. And I've had people like that tell me, Oh, Justin, you don't know how to flip a house. Oh, Justin, you don't know anything about real estate. Oh, Justin, you don't know da 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 da. Or they give you this standard. Like I just, for me, when you talk about the past, you know, there's always been this standard of, okay, Keisha, you're only going to get this far or you're not going to achieve this. Or they look at you and they automatically assume, you know, you're not going to be the person who you know, gets married and has kids. Yeah. Or like, for example, you know, we're working with this guy and it's not that we can't do what he does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for all my coaches, for all my friends, anybody who's listening, don't even assume it's you. Yeah. Because we deal with a lot of people. There's one thing that I've been told more than anything else. And it's, I have a propensity to find and connect with high achieving individuals on a consistent basis. So I'm able to find people who are achievers Mm -hmm. and connect with them because for some crazy reason, and this talks about value, Mm -hmm. they see something in me that I didn't see in myself at one point. Yeah. And as hard as it is to actually admit that I am something special without feeling like I'm being arrogant, Mm -hmm. I am. And that's a hard word to say. Well, I think we're our worst critic. We are. But I mean, like, really, though, you know, nobody wants to say I'm really good at X, Y, Z. Right. If you're really good at it, because a lot of times we are entrepreneurs, especially as achieving entrepreneurs, we're like, we're always one step from wanting to be better. Mm-hmm. You know, so what we've accomplished in the past means nothing. Man, we just completed a $1.5 million project. Yeah. And I still feel like there's some things that I could be better on. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have imagined in a million years completing a project of that size. Yeah. I couldn't have imagined putting together a partnership, a team, a group of individuals to go at it like we do now. And here we are doing it. Yeah. 
as transparent as it is, it's, it's easy for us to give advice. The hard part is being honest in the advice. Keisha and I don't have all the answers. You know, we are not acting when we come out on our podcasts and in our groups and, you know, go talk to these different podcasts as guests and our speaking engagements that we perform. We're not acting when we say we work together. No, we're we're living it. Literally. We're living it. We literally live literally. through together and it hasn't been that long. We live through the ups and downs. We live through having a baby, the baby being one month old and we don't know exactly how we're going to record and edit the podcast to get it out to you all the in the time that we said we would, right? Right. We don't advertise that Keisha needs to hold the baby while we record sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's just, but it's the reality of it. Yeah. (laughs) I struggle with this, but you said, you know, do we value ourselves enough? And I don't know if we do. And I don't know if we did because we spent a lot of money on the, in the last year on things that we could have accomplished ourselves without the help of other people. And we didn't think we could do because we didn't feel we were good enough. We needed the help of somebody else to get in rooms. We didn't need the help to get in. Well, I have a look at the, just the positive of the situations. Like I didn't want to blame anybody, you know, and I'm sure you didn't want to blame anybody either. I think that made a difference because I know in the past, we would have blamed each other. We would have blamed each other. Oh man. We would have, oh man. We would have been like, no, you connected me to this person. (laughs) It's your fault. And it would have been like, but you actually went, you could have said no, you know? Yeah. I don't know. You and I went to that goals retreat and I think that's when, it all light bulbed up. When we went to the goals retreat, we were still struggling a little bit. We read that book, The Five Love Language. We were still uh, trying to understand each other. I put up a lot more effort than I normally would uh, when you were working still. Mm-hmm. And I would go and meet with you at uh, your job to have lunch with you once a week, you know, <laughs> because that's your that's your love language, spending yeah. time with each other. And so I, I went above and beyond you know what i because that's not me i could right. sit in a corner by myself and be just fine mr introvert <laughs> but you and me having lunch together that was filling your need and then you know where it was me well all i, I wanted was help all i wanted was all i wanted was somebody to help me yeah to help me through the business ups and downs you know yeah. to support me not necessarily in a financial way even though that was needed at one point because we hit the rock bottom but I needed somebody to help me mentally. Well, I think we started to see the value in each other. Right. Also. Absolutely. I think you are probably by far one of the easiest people to work with. And it's it's not because I'm married to you. Because there's a lot of people who are married who can't get along. At all. At all. <laughs> but I understood your strengths. So I have a gift for understanding people's strengths, right? Right. And I embrace that. Uh, you, you, we're talking about seeing the value in ourselves. There's mm-hmm. a few things I'm really good at. There's a lot of things I'm really bad at. And there's only a few things every person should get really good at. One is communications. The other is sales. And then there's a few things that you can get really good at as far as whether, whatever you're passionate about or whatever the case may be. But we, as a couple got to the point where I was identifying what you were really good at. And in many cases, it was the things that I was really bad at. Yeah. And for you, it was, okay. I'm really good at those things. I may or may not know that I'm really good at those things. I may not feel that I'm really good at those things. And you can speak. And I've said that I have literally said, I don't get it. When you tell me (laughs) that I can walk into a room and talk to anybody and be. Yeah, I 
I still to this day, and I'm, I just feel like I'm being myself. Right. But um, it's a gift because yeah. I don't have that same gift. Yes, I can walk in and be the light of the room. Yes, I can build relationships with people, but it's not natural for me. Mm-hmm. It is not a natural gift for me to go up and talk to somebody. Whereas for you, you could be standing in the line of the grocery store and say, oh, I have that purse. You know, I really like that purse. Where are you from? Da 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 da. And you start talking to them as if normal. you already know. But it's not for me. <laughs> and that's the point. But mm-hmm. here's the deal. The biggest thing was I was able to identify that in her. And now I'm coming to you all saying that I actually know how to identify gifts in people. And it's only when people don't listen to me about their gift that we start to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. And that's happened. <laughs> a lot of times it's happened. And I understand that. But, you know, it, there was, the, we, talked to, uh, we talked to that guy, and we talked about this last week in the podcast, the guy who said being confident, humble. Yeah. I'm not being arrogant. I don't think that I know it all. But there's some things that I really know well. Yeah. And one of those things is being able to identify people's gifts. The other is understanding how to run a business, yeah. how to run businesses. I've read 700 f- something books on how to run a business. It's not philosophy for me because every single one of those books I've implemented in my life, which is, I believe, why we never experience linear growth. It's always hockey stick growth. Mm. So, uh, you know, you ask how we get from rock bottom to uh, the top. We continue to do the things that don't pay monetarily, even when we're at the bottom. When we had no money, I was reading books. Yeah. Well, I just even think about it's not not just with the guy that we've dealt with. You know, we've also invested with another individual. And this person, she actually appreciated the value in us and actually has vocally said that. And then there's other individuals that literally before we started this podcast, I got a message from somebody saying, you know, I truly love and value what you guys are doing and it to me that just a glimpse of hope i feel like oh man because it, it's some times where we're like Dude, just a glimpse this is not working at all like, i mean just this is... morning though like we both like we were literally sitting talking in the bedroom you were saying okay i think we should do this and i'm saying well then maybe we could do a this type of group you know but then yesterday we were like oh man life sucks yeah <laughs> called me and was like hey i gotta tell you something else I'm oh like, yeah what? and it's like I, I got a boot put on my car yeah got a freaking boot put on my car and i'm trying to do some you know handle some business yeah freaking boot put on my car now i'm pretty sure this boot was illegal i'm just saying and it pissed me off to no end like i was so mad mm-hmm. and i was doing everything in my can i was i was i was mustering every bit of personal development i've ever had in my life to <laughs> smile and keep going in that instance of pain. But I think about like, if that had been two years ago, I probably would have snapped on you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I would have snapped on myself. Like, and I didn't do anything to anybody, but oh, was I mad. And I, I and I listened to Tony Robbins say that you it's okay to be mad. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to be angry, but don't dwell in that. You know, you have to get over it really quickly. Mm-hmm. And I've had times where it's taken me weeks to get over stuff. And I've worked on myself so that it'll take me a couple of days to get over it. And I'm on day two. I'm on hour like 15, 16. (laughs) And I think I'm over it. It took everything in me to muster up enough energy, enough personal development not to snap. And I've taken a lot of time and a lot of energy to get over stuff quicker. Mm -hmm. But that was hard. Yeah. That was a hard one. Like I've never... 
had someone look me in my eyes the way those guys did after they booted my car and then try to run me through the ringer. It was so it was uh, it was really slimy. So anyway, I'm not trying to dwell on it. I'm really not. But the, the point is, I didn't get what I wanted. I didn't get get it the way I wanted. I had to pay to get out of it. Mm-hmm. But I re- accepted the responsibility of it. And that's something else that I think is huge when it comes to hitting rock bottom. Yeah. Because if you don't accept the responsibility for your actions, you can't blame everybody else. No. Oh, my goodness. Being able to take responsibility is so key. It's so powerful because no matter what you do, no matter what somebody else does to you, no matter where you are in life, you have to take responsibility for it. Even when you called me, I had to react differently. Yeah. I had to, and I had to react quickly because you needed you needed the answer instantly. Yeah. And it made me think about, um, there was a segment with Darren Hardy, and he was talking about how sometimes we're always dwelling on what the next move is when we need to just do it, yeah. you know, to quit waiting, you know, and then wonder, you know, what would be... What would happen if you did and what would happen if you didn't? Okay, so let's talk about it because let's talk about, you know, what it really means to take responsibility. I'm not saying that everything that happens to you is your fault. You had a loss, uh, a death in the family. How can I take responsibility of a death in the family that I had no control over? Mm. So (laughs) there's two sides to it. Yeah. Mm. One, were you able to influence the person dying? In any way, you know, did you feed uh, the family member high carb food with super fat that caused their cholesterol to skyrocket and uh, their arteries to clog and they die? Because I have high cholesterol and I've had high cholesterol since I was like seven years old Mm -hmm. and I'm changing my diet right now so that I don't I don't die. You know, like they're going to run a a CAT scan on me to make sure that my arteries aren't don't have any blockages in them because I've had this stuff since I was a little kid yeah. and I never changed my eating habits until I had a scare about a year ago. Actually, it was about six months ago where my cholesterol. So your cholesterol supposed to be under 200. Mine's at like 360. Yeah. And I have really, really high cholesterol and I'm allergic to the to the medicine that lowers your cholesterol. Mm-hmm. And so the only way for me to lower it is to naturally change my diet with exercise. Mm-hmm. And so. Were you able to influence the decision of that person? Now, that was an extreme example. Mm -hmm. The other extreme is I had no control. It was a disease that I never created. I couldn't control. I never started. Mm -hmm. Cancer is a great example. We don't control who gets cancer. And in many cases, there is a lot of research that does not support how some people get certain types of cancers. And the point is... You don't have any control of that. And how can you take responsibility for something that you don't have any control of? Yeah. yeah. But you can take responsibility of how you respond. How do you react? That's big. I think when my dad died, at first I was just like, couldn't control that he did. I, it was one of those things where, really, now? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. just had our third baby. and yeah. I just Within 30 days. Yeah. It was three weeks. It was less than 30 days. Yeah. I, I'll never forget because it was like the 20 or the 29th 30th and I had the baby on the 6th yeah so it was less than 30 days and 
I th- I feel like a lot of that time is a fog to me, and yeah. I'm grateful that Justin, you took pictures of the baby and (laughs) you know because some pictures i was like you took this picture when did this happen there's even people that are close to me that i say this is what happened you know this is what was going on but it took me probably a year and a half or two to just come back to keisha within three months it was probably yeah when she was about four months you had to go back to work i had to go back to work and that was hard because I wanted to blame Justin. Yeah, but that's the truth. <laughs> but it's the truth because I was, I was like, "Are you kidding me right now?" Like I, I told him I was like, "I don't want to work. I'm, st- I'm grieving still." Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where he was like, "I, I need you though. I need you to like pull yourself together and help out." Yeah. And I, I just thought it wasn't. And I was fair. already working. Uh, yeah. Like twelve, you know. When I when you say uh, was I really like putting a lot of effort in like I was working like two jobs yeah uh, at the time when she went back to work I had already been I had already been flipping houses to make extra money yeah you know it was one of those scenarios flipping houses is a, a little bit longer term game mm-hmm. and so uh, in, in our world we have something called the fastest path to cash and I didn't come up with that actually one of our mentors uh, Russell Gray talks about it and he says what is your fastest path to cash well in flipping houses your your return typically happens over a course of 3 to 4 months mm-hmm. yeah we needed something quicker than that and understanding how fast you can get to cash is going to be vitally important to us entrepreneur success so when we hit rock bottom that was the fastest way to get to cash was somebody going to get an extra job. Yeah. I'd already been working on the, and I'm notorious for this, and she's good at short, thinking short-term. I'm good at thinking long-term. Yeah. So we were already in the mid-term game, mid to long-term game. I was already thinking a year, two years, three years, five years in advance. Mm-hmm. We needed money in a month, two months, three months. Yeah, instantly. Instantly, <laughs> you know. So what is it that you can do to get to your fast path to cash? But again, it was taking responsibility in the fact that you didn't have any control, no. but you took responsibility for how you reacted, even though it took you a year and a half. Yeah. The quicker that you can accept responsibility so that you can help someone else, the better off you'll be. That's what Tony Robbins was talking about, because he, oh. he mentioned how sometimes you have things that are totally outside of your control and your scope of what you can control and uh, how you can steal in spite of accept how you react. Yeah. You have to eventually come up from rock bottom. Yeah. And you can't and, stay there forever. Right. So, you know, we talked about the, the idea that you have to accept responsibility. We talked about being able to not only accept responsibility for things you can control, but for things you can't control when it comes to other people. But when it comes to ourselves, with the example of like the the boot on mm-hmm. my car. Yeah. After I got done, I was so mad. I forced myself to smile, even though I wanted to cry at mm-hmm. that moment. I, like I could feel my eyes welling up and I could force myself to smile. I was not happy at all. And I was gripping the steering wheel as hard as I could while I was driving away from that incident. And I said, it is your fault because a guy told you, if you walk away, I'm going to boot your car. And in my mind, I said, it's no way anybody could boot somebody's car that quickly. <laughs> I was wrong, like super wrong, it you know, and it happened in like, like it, it, I literally, it took like one minute. The dude must've had a boot in his like under his desk or something. He went out there, booted my car up and you know, there it went. But I said it was my fault because 
I chose to, instead of listen to the guy, instead of move my car, chose to be arrogant, bullheaded, and not listen. Even though what he did may have been illegal, it's my fault for not listening. So in some situations, the other individual is wrong. Yeah. It, oh, man. There's so many people that are do you dirty. Mm-hmm. When we were talking about the instances earlier in the podcast where we said we didn't feel valued, it's mm-hmm. not our fault. No. I take responsibility because I chose to get in bed with a person we who made even though yeah. it, it turned out altogether wrong. Mm-hmm. How can you glimpse the silver lining in that situation? And I think that is what Keisha and I have used to get from rock bottom back. You know, always saying it's our fault. It's our responsibility. How can I use this as a learning lesson and Mm -hmm. not a club? Jim Rohn says, use your past as a teacher, not a club. So it's about identifying like the silver lining in everything, right? Yes. yes. And, you know, being able to take responsibility and then and then really trying to say, okay, what am I supposed to learn out of this situation? You know, when we had that five-figure mistake, what am I supposed to learn in this situation? When we, you know, hit rock bottom the first time, what are we supposed to learn in that situation when we were down to $500 to our name, didn't have a place to stay in our, you know, in your father's basement, like, what are we supposed to learn from this situation? What is the test? It makes me think about when you take tests yeah. at school and you continue to fail them. But you go back, you study a little more. Next time you get a C. You're like, oh, I'm not really satisfied with that. So you go back, you study a little more. You figure out, okay, you pinpoint where am I missing it? Study a little more. Go back, you get a B. So how do you ace the test? Really, and I don't think you can ever really ace a test, especially when it comes to life. I think it's uh, it's more about being able to accept the results, regardless of whether you ace it or not. I think you can really like kill it, mm-hmm. but I think when you really start to push yourself beyond out of your comfort zone, you're not supposed to ace the test. Mm. Yeah. I think you're supposed to be able to get the feedback, get the result, and grow from there. In the midst of everything. There is some kind of growth that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always about trying to figure out how to identify the good out of the bad, you know, whether it be implementing a new system, whether it be trying to go through the situation so that you can help somebody else overcome the same situation. I've heard a lot of things when it comes to deaths in the family that allow people to be able to share their testimony that helps others yeah you know an alcoholic he goes and starts an AA group and now he helps others you took responsibility for your actions and then you go out there and you help somebody else yeah yeah that's good all right so uh you know let's recap today we talked about how to bounce back from hitting rock bottom um you know we talked about being able to take responsibility for your actions we talked about how to value yourself you know it's really important to have esteem and value and believe in what you're doing mm-hmm. it's the difference between being arrogant and being confident yes and we discussed that today uh we had i think a very personal talk uh that we hope conveyed some level of our thinking to you especially when it comes to our own life experiences yeah we tried to give you real life examples um you know for what we went through and how we overcame that. Yeah. Uh, and then last, we talked about the silver lining. We didn't hit a lot of topics today, but we hit, you know, three or four 
that were really important and being able to identify the silver lining, the good and every bad and then the good and every good, but also the bad and every bad. It's the ability to identify honestly and truthfully the good, the bad, the ugly in every situation and to learn from that. Yeah. And so um, I think that's going to be a very powerful thing to use going forward. And before we get off, I really want to make sure that I say this. We went through a lot of things about being resilient, persistent, but I really want to take a second and be honest and, and let's just give you something to walk home with. When you're going through the bad, it's okay to, to not be happy about it. And all the bad I experienced with that situation about the car boot, I still came home and was able to spend a couple hours with the people I love most. And so, you know, it's about those times where you can really sit back and say, okay, I'm going to celebrate what I do have so that you can grow and get more. Hmm. And then celebrate when you win. Yeah. Because there's going to be a lot of down times. So you have to be happy when you win. So again, we want to thank you for listening. We want to keep it real when others don't. That's the name of the game. We want to actually show real life examples, real problems, real solutions, real life, real equity. We look forward to you joining us again next week. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Real Life Real Equity Podcast. If you'd like more information on joining the Real Equity Club, visit the website at realequityclub.com. There, you will get access to the tools, providers, and ideas you need to create, grow, and maintain your wealth. Again, that's realequityclub.com. If you would like to ask the hosts a question or be exposed to our podcast audience, visit our website at realliferealequity.com and submit a request. Again, that's realliferealequity.com. Or send us an email at info at realliferealequity.com. Again, that's info at realliferealequity.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week right here on Real Life Real Equity Podcast.